Hey, welcome to my basement, everybody. It might sound different because we have moved the basement. We sometimes vacate the basement. We have to have it cleaned once a year. Fumigators come <laughs> in, the guys with the hazmat suits, the suits that uh, Walter... they run out screaming. The ones that Walter puts on ah! before he put, does his meth cook. They right. go in and they got power washers. They wash out all the hustlers and all the sadness. They wash <laughs> it all out the door. Hey, this is a family show. There are no hustlers <laughs> in Vic's basement. Every, every episode from now, on, I will try I to include one Hustler reference. I, do, you, do you think people even know what Hustler is Not anymore? Not anymore. Nobody knows know. what I'm talking about. No. There's like three people who might get that, yeah. and they'll enjoy it, and they'll be having a lot of fun when, whenever you, I say it. your mustache, and one other person. <laughs> My mustache is not a person. Oh, sorry. It has not become I, sentient I yet. I keep confusing it with people. My mustache refuses to pay taxes in Canada. What the hell? What are we doing here in Los We're Angeles? We're in Los Angeles, California, because, you know, frankly... We got a little tired of the cold in Vancouver. <laughs> it started to, it was that bone chilling kind of damp cold that yes. gets it, you know, I'd go home and I'd have to eat like a gallon of soup and sit in a bathtub for an hour just to feel human again. And just pour cats all over and yourself. Then put, and then cover myself in cats and try to get some sleep before we do the show the next day. But So we came down here to get some sunshine. Boom, guess what? Rain. Who, who's laughing now? Yeah. We got rained on. We almost yeah. got rained out Actually, today. it was a nice day. It turned out to be pretty turned good. Out, we actually saw a little bit of sun. It's the first time I, my skin has seen sun in a long time. I know. And what we're doing is we're shooting the uh, movie Rocket and Ray Gun Awards with our good friends Miri Jedekin and Ben Bollet. And uh, it is a blast to work with our team members. It's kind of crazy that we are all close as, uh, like, you know, a bunch of people working together, but we're spread out all over the continent. It's just a bizarre thing. So let's answer the question that everyone wants to know. What's Miri Jedekin like in real life? She's amazing. She's like an Amazon woman, this this beautiful woman that's so smart and articulate and tuned into everything that's going on out there in, in entertainment and video game space. And yeah, no, she's really, really great. And now if you want to know what Ben Bollet is like in real life, he's amazing. He's like an Amazon. He woman. is an Amazon. He's tuned into everything that's going on. Out <laughs> yeah. there. No, they're both terrific to work with. And I hadn't really, you know, honestly, I haven't really worked closely with either of them. I mean, it looks like we work together every day, but of course we are. We have our It's the illusion roles. of television. Yeah. We never see them. So this is a chance for the four of us to all get together. I'm not sure when this is going to air. Is it going to air like closer? <laughs> Soonish, soonish, because yeah, it, like it, we made awards. a lot of gold out there. I know we left it all out in the field. We did. What, what it is park. is it's basically our 2012 our Oscar. Ver it's the Oscars, but we're going to do it in the reviews on the run, Vic's basement EP kind of way, where we sort of take all of the awards and we tailor them to suit our needs. Like we have a special. They're awards special for effects. us. Oh, they're awards for us, exactly. Yeah, for us and, and for, for you, you listening, yeah. right? Totally. Uh, so Ben Bollet, what do you think of this cat? I think he's uh, he's, got, he's, he's, uh, he's got some things on a, on the ball. You know what I want to see? Yeah, I want to run a full background check on him. We should do that. There's can we can fishy. we hire a private investigator? Something fishy about yeah, him. Yeah, maybe um, uh, Mark Wahlberg. He's got, <laughs> from Broken City. Yeah, <laughs> now, he's got he's got some secrets, and that's kind of that's what he's I like dark. about him. He's dark. Yeah, he's menacing. He is like you'll he's think, way too fucking young to be so good at what he's doing. Don't you yeah, think? He's I don't, 17. That's totally suspicious. Seventeen. Yeah. And already, look at Both all the... Both balls haven't dropped yet. He's only had one <laughs> ball drop. <laughs> Remember Poor being so Sorry, nasty. Ben. We love you, Ben. In, in truth, Ben does know that we love... And uh, this is the thing I didn't think I'd be saying about Ben Bolet. We love him and we respect him. I know. Like, I didn't think I would have so much respect it's, it's for really this It's really not fair. 
No. Because when I was his age, fuck man, I didn't respect myself. Oh. No one respected me. No. Nobody who knew who I was. I couldn't even match my shoes. I was like really seriously. My mom was still dressing me. I think when I was <laughs> when I was his age. And the guy has got so much going on. I was on. eating peanut butter from a jar with my hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's how bad I was when I was 25. That's how old Ben Bolle is. Yeah, He's 25. Full disclosure. You and I are 27. Yeah. So, you that know, was ben, only a couple years ago. Yeah, ben, remember, you, remember being 25 <laughs> a couple years ago? Back when I was eating peanut butter off a jar with my hand. Yeah. Some good, good times. So uh, lots of yeah, lots cra- of news. crazy shit going on. This will be the business section of Vic's Basement. This just in. THQ has gone to shit and has had to sell everything that it used to have. Fire sale. And all of these people. What does that mean, though, for the average Joe and Jane gamer out there who's listening to our podcast today? Do they care? Should they give a shit? I think so. Why? What I mean, does it's, it say? it's tell a, them why. It's a sign of these transitional times. It's a sign of uh, the old guard having to face up to the new economy and to people being able to access content in so many different ways that the old economy and the old way that business was done in video games just cannot deal with. And uh, I think this is. Uh, uh, you know, a warning shot for every other developer that's kind of on, or publisher that's on the on the bubble, and every developer that works for these publishers. Who's They're, not on the bubble, except for Activision? Well, Ubisoft, Activision, and EA are all doing all right. And Sega, I guess, apparently has enough money to buy Relic, which was a fantastic move. Um, it, you know, and the hardware manufacturers have got m- money to spend on product. Um, but it is very fascinating to see that a company like Vigil, who made Darksiders 1 and 2, and as you and I talk about all the time on the show, an action-adventure game that combines elements of Zelda and God of War is about as impossible a, a task in video games as you can possibly imagine. And they've done two of those games. And they, the second one was better because they, they learned uh, a lot of things in the progression of the first game. For them not to have a publisher or a partner or a, you know, a new buyer or investor wanting to sponge up that talent and build something new with all of the stuff that they've learned is unbelievable. So what happened? They got left out of the deal. Yeah, and THQ is still kind of alive uh, for a few more days, weeks. And what they're doing right now is, I mean, you know, we're talking about Vigil right now. We're part of this equation right now, this solution to get them sold. But there is an effort on the part of the video game community and, you know, everybody in the press is a part of it. We are all blasting out, uh, you know, messages that... Kickstarter, let's do one. Well, and that's the other story, the gas-powered story. But the, uh, you know, I mean, these guys need to be rescued, whatever it is. Like, that talent, and this is the thing that I, I don't think... A lot of people understand about the creation of these <clears throat> entertainments, whether it's movies or TV shows or video games or whatever. It's a, it's a, it, it's a total uh, impossible situation to bring and blend all of these talents together at the right time with the right ideas and get stuff finished. It's very hard to build things with lots of people. It's impo- It's like saying. Okay, army, let's move forward and beat the the opponents and uh, and take that hill and winning every single time. And it's just so hard to manage. And so when you see these companies struggle to to survive and they've worked so hard not just to build something cool like Darksiders one and two, but the company, just that group of people. Right. And to see that group of people 
have to face that they can't work together again, even though they're a proven entity, even though they, they could be given a totally different task and succeed at it because they have shown the world that that team works well together. No value. Yeah, that seems that seems insane to me. That seems absurd. I mean, content needs to be created. There are new machines coming. There are new, uh, you know, even if you're talking about OUYA development, even if you, whatever, there are new systems that are coming to market that need to be fed. And they need to be fed by developers that know how to make good stuff. These guys know how to make good stuff. Let's get together a little kitty. Let's buy them ourselves. Yeah, I wish. If I had the dough, I would. If uh, I had the dough, maybe I this wish. speaks to uh, the question that you've that's been on your mind a lot lately, and uh, maybe this is the beginning of the end of the AAA game. Well, it's the beginning of the end of the risk in AAA game development. This is, you know, you get one, two strikes, and that's it. You're done. You, you don't even get that anymore. Maybe not. Yeah. I mean, and, and uh, you know, we, we suffer from sequelitis across a lot of different things, whether it's even comic book. Uh, uh, they have these events every year, which are kind of just sequels and ideas that have happened before a lot. Um, but, you know, as we saw with Looper and Dishonored last year, they took most of our attention, you know? And we've, we're still talking about these two IPs that were created, that these intellectual properties that were created for us that were out of nowhere, that surprised the hell out of us. And that's what we crave. And we crave that out of video games in a massive way. And you need to have teams that can build that stuff. And it's, it's so disheartening to see this business that you and I and millions of other people around the world love slowly be, you know, unraveled to the point where all you can kind of see and when you're projecting about where games are taking us are games with numbers at the end of them. But this know? is the, the hard, cold reality that to sell of it all. Right. Yeah. You and I can go on and on about how awesome Joe Madera and his team were when they created the original Darksiders. And they did it again with Darksiders 2, making it even bigger. <laughs> Neither game was perfect by any means. Yeah. But if you are a gamer and you love this shit, I don't know why people didn't play it, but they didn't. And that's the cold-hearted bottom line of it all. Yeah. Is unless people come out in droves, then you're not going to be you're not going to be open tomorrow. Yeah. And that's sad. I, I agree, but it's it's also kind of just seems like the way of the world sometimes. And it's a reality check. You know, the the, the games industry. I and I don't purport to understand the business side of it to the degree that you do. But maybe it's just been too bloated with too much excess for too long. Maybe maybe there's too many games. Maybe there's not enough gamers to to buy all of these awesome games that have been created over the last five years. That is absolutely true. That's I think, speculation. I think the industry has done uh, you know an unsatisfactory job at expanding its market share, <clears throat> at, at and and its mind share. I mean, it has to do a better job of uh, of telling the world that it's it's cool to jump into video games and not in a cheesy marketing, you know, artificial way. I mean, it is cool. Anybody that plays, and that's everybody that's listening to this right now, understands the unbelievable escapism that video games can provide, the empowerment that video games can provide. But that message doesn't get out beyond our sphere. And that's a problem. And that's a problem um, for the, uh, you know, countless numbers of new uh, potential game makers out there, you know, that are entrusting their futures to people that have the access to the uh, channels to tell people about this industry and to expand it and to and to champion it, you know, to go to Washington and, and defend it as an art form that it is, you know, it, you know, that's just one of the, the issues that's that exists right now. But yes, at its core, the 
there's a lot of competition from all kinds of other media out there that, that draws people away from games, but also the video game community, uh, you know, has just not been able to kind of react and respond with the efficiencies that it has needed to be set up for as we transition to digital distribution and lower prices and, uh, you know, just a new model. It's a new model. I mean, Steam is probably the furthest along with this. They're the ones that have done the most experimentation. They've done as mo more sort of business tracking on what people are paying for and how much time they're spending playing games. All of that data is easy to, to kind of unlock if you are smart and position yourself for it. And Valve absolutely has been. And now they're poised to kind of ratify the whole console business again with potentially a low-cost PC that uh, is as good or better than what Sony or Microsoft has, you know? And that's gonna be a big, big challenge for these guys this year. And it's, it, it just boggles my mind that, that more people that are in this business and claim and purport and want to be in this business for the long term don't treat it with the same, um, I don't know, level of maturity or the same level of, uh, uh, drive to have it be received with the same level of maturity as movies or television shows or, or music or, or books or whatever. I mean, there's so much to learn from these other media industries that the video game industry has just not picked up on, you know? And I, 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 you know, obviously, a big part of my thinking here is that we are a television show, or I have two TV shows that have covered video games for so long, and I just feel like kind of alone in our pursuits with this. And that kind of boggles my mind that there, there should be more programming around this stuff. It should be more mainstream. There should be, should be more attention paid for it. And that starts with the game industry itself. It doesn't start with outsiders finding a way in. It doesn't start with, uh, you know, all kinds of entrepreneurs just trying to figure out how to get this message out there. This should start with the real emphasis from, from the game community itself. They should be telling people how great this stuff is and growing that market share. I just looked at my watch, and that I was believe an hour, that the business section of today's podcast... Did it run long? <laughs> it ran a little over today. Yeah. Now, I know there's a lot of fucking problems with the business end. Anytime you put together, you bring together art and commerce, you're going to have some conflict. You're going to have growing pains. Yeah. You know, and I feel like you're, you're so down today with all this news and stuff. I think it's all good. I think it's all, it's all positive. I think in the end, it's just sort of a, a shedding of skin and the new creature that emerges once all the skin is off, the old way of doing things well, don't, is going to be beautiful. I, I, I agree. And we're going through growing It's going to be a beautiful creature with new skin. You agree that it shouldn't be a surprise that games resonate the way that they do anymore. You know, like when you see something in, you know, a newspaper that, that covers games just on a piecemeal kind of way that talks about this event like Bioshock Infinite it has fans clamoring and hungering to play it because of the deep storytelling. Yeah. It shouldn't be a surprise. Yeah, but whatever's anymore. new has to prove itself out over and over and this over isn't again. New anymore. But for decades, like de like for for decades, it took decades for film to prove itself out. It took decades for people to start to trust that it, this 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 medium is here to stay. That it's not just a flash in the pan. And I I think we're almost to that saturation point. We're not quite there, and I believe I already 
noted that the clock had expired okay. on the business section okay. of today's podcast. Well, the, well, the I'll just say one more thing. Ooh, oh the the other studio that we can work together to help out right now is Gas Powered Games, and I've known Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor was in the first episode of Electric Playground. He is a stand-up dude. He's so, what a, can people do to help Gas Power? They need to uh, buy the game. Basically, they got to support Kickstarter. You 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 put money into Kickstarter, you get something back for it. How about this? If you send Vic and me yeah. 50 cents each, we will say your name on the show next week. <laughs> that's our Kickstarter. That's our Kickstarter. That's, that's, the so Say My Name us? Kickstarter. Yeah, okay. just pay, and then maybe we'll give some to Chris. A portion of those proceeds <laughs> will go to Chris Taylor's So if Chris your Taylor's name is Chris, Chris Taylor owes us 50 cents now. So we just said his name. No, I'm, I'm being serious here. You're I trying to you make are. light of it. No, I'm not. I'm just, this people, is, all people want to know is they want to know what they can do. So just tell them what they can well, do. Well, Kickstarter is awesome. I mean, but like, what can they do to help Chris and, and Steve? Well, Power? there's all these different le levels of uh, of support. You pay for a certain amount. So of go to Kickstarter, look for Wild Man is the name of the game. Okay. Wild Man is the game that they're trying to. We're fund trying right to now. save a game called Wild Man. Okay, yeah, and I trust an, it, Chris to, it's to RTS think that it's, and okay. RPG type game. This is, this is what these guys do. They've been doing it very well for a very long time. But the market has changed so much. Nobody wants to invest in a new one. Maybe you know? nobody wants RTSs anymore. Maybe. I mean, that's the truth of it. I mean, the word is getting out there. We're doing we don't our listen part to here disco. again. For a reason. We don't listen to disco. People are tired of disco. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I, you know, I love Chris, too. I wish him all the best. And you know what? That guy's going to keep fucking making games no matter what. And that is true, too. And all of those guys at Vigil are going to find jobs. They're going to find jobs. Better jobs. Maybe. What sucks is that, that, that little group... That's the magic, man. Once the, once the group, once the band breaks up, it'll never be the same. It's true, man. It's the message in the Muppets. Yep. Got to find the Muppets all got back together again, man. Yes. You got to get these developers all back together again. So here we are in Los Angeles, California, yep. and we're not going to be here for too much longer. We got uh, some other things to take care of, which we uh, aren't at liberty to discuss on the radio. Secret I have to go private over to Vince, cool Vince stuff. Vaughn's house tonight and. Uh, Fold some laundry for him. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't have any celebrity him, right? friends, do we? Really, not really. Well, we know people that work on cool things, but yeah, Chris Taylor. We know Chris Taylor. He's kind of a celebrity. We know Sean Hatton. <laughs> he's he's a celebrity. He's a legend. <laughs> so, what gaming are you doing while we're on the road? Oh, shit, man, road gaming. You know, we were on a flight last night from Vancouver. <laughs> we we're on WestJet, and I just got to take a minute here to, to to do my digression about WestJet. Okay, this is the airport and airplane uh, portion of the it's show. It's going to be very brief, not okay. nearly as long as okay. the hour-long business digression we had. But on WestJet, there are no TV screens. This is the first fucking plane I've been on in probably 15 years that has no screens anywhere not even the pull down ones at american airlines which is really offensive to people that work on tv <laughs> and it's a brand new plane and they tell us this when they first get on and the woman comes on the uh, the pa thing and she's like boom uh we do not have any tv screens on this flight but what we do offer is magazines and you can find one in the seat back pocket you can choose a magazine there if you need more magazines we have plenty of magazines up front we're more than happy to bring them to you no TVs, but all the magazines that you can consume. You can eat and as many magazines you want. Yeah. Bring me more magazines, lady. And that did that satisfy you? How is this accepted? I don't even watch TV on the flights. I don't even. I know you usually watch stuff. 
I, I have like them, Air I have Canada. it on. You know me. I have my iPad, my Vita, and the screen really? going at the same time. <laughs> That's why we don't sit together anymore. <laughs> but even on you know Air Canada, every seat in the back, you know all these all these airlines. What's uh, JetBlue? All of them have the the TV in the back of the seat. This one, nothing, and they didn't even have, they don't even have an outlet for anything. I mean, this is the future. This is a brand new plane. Yeah. Magazines. No outlet is weird too, right? No outlet. You want nothing. that now? Everybody's got USB chargeable things. You need that outlet and that USB Fuck, plug. Fucking WestJet. Don't yeah. fly WestJet if you're if well, you're luckily, air technologically so evolved. Now. Yes, it is. <laughs> it was only seven hundred dollars a piece for us to fly from. But listen, Vancouver it's magic. Here. We got to sit on our butts and fly thousands of miles. And we're in an it, incredible it, hotel. Yeah. Uh, filled with celebrity memorabilia, like every every hotel in Los Angeles. <laughs> Loaded. I'm in a James Bond room. You have like a bunch of baseball players over there. What's uh, that in your room? It is nuts. Like to my left is Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Yeah. And then straight ahead of me is Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy. L.A. is a really fucking weird town. Yeah. There's Barbara Streisand and her record. I got a Barbara Streisand in my room, and too. A record. Maryland, I mean, it's crazy. I'm just, it sounds like I'm just yelling out celebrity names. Nope, but that's is my room. I'm looking around. There's uh, Humphrey Bogart and Audrey Hepburn. But the the best part Crazy. about this place is there's a coffee shop downstairs yeah. that is something that came through. Where they time. shot swears there. That's exactly and right. And we would have recorded the, the uh, podcast there, but with, nobody would have been able to hear a word we said. Yeah, it's too loud down there. And I had a tuna melt down there that I will probably be digesting for six weeks. That was the tuna melt It's caught crosswise. <laughs> it's, stuck, it's stuck crosswise in my thing going down. It'll probably never come out. I should probably send in a team of scientists to extract the tuna melt that you I know, have from there. I, but I, the space itself is so beautiful. I asked you Not what game you were playing. I know, I'm avoiding and, the question. And you didn't answer, and you didn't ask me what game I was Have playing. I, has my time run out now? Yeah. Are we moving it's on It's back on to road games. I had to do my WestJet <laughs> West digression. Uh, I, uh, weirdly enough, on the plane, I, I tried to play Super Stardust on the Yeah, PSP. on the Vita. Yeah, on the Vita. It's I, the Vita, not the PSP. I hated that thing. I okay, it's the Vita. Well, Super Stardust HD. I didn't mind. PS like Vita thing. is the name. I played a little bit of Sonic and All Stars Racing Transform. Excellent game. Still grinding there for some uh, unexplained reason. And I played, and this is a bit of a shocker, and I'm going to talk about it on the show in a buried treasure segment. Advance Wars Dual Strike for the, the DS. This is for the old DS. It was one of the dual screen ones. This is a cartridge found in your move. <laughs> I did. Exactly. <laughs> I moved a box and this thing fell out of it and I plugged it into the 3DS and it looks great on the giant screens. I forgot how engrossing those oh, games yeah, you are. Can't those, stop games those games hoovered up hundreds of hours of my life. Well, you know what happens now, though, is that these guys recreate that type of experience for 99 cents on the uh, iPad. So how do you sell but that they again? Have, but what they have there, what they have created, yeah. is so deep. That's like it, great. It's, it's practically bottomless, which is how I like my drinking establishment. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty talk. <laughs> Sorry, what have you been playing? I got nothing. Uh, I've been got. playing uh, Knit Underground. Yeah, I Y-T-T. And uh, it's kind of like... Um, yeah, we're supposed to review it. It's a little limbo-esque. You know, it's lots of eerie. Uh, silhouettes. It's got Precious. an eerie kind of vibe about it. It's a little braid-esque as well, um, which means a little bit clumsy in the mechanics department, but it's still uh, it, kind of moody and evocative. You're still kind of, kind of sucked into this 2D world. And it's also reminding me of sound shapes, which... 
uh, I, I really want to get back to. I want to check out some of the DLC. And What's stopping play more you? <laughs> well, we're busy. We got all we're, the other games. We're, we're, we're we're let's wrap up this fucking podcast. You can go play Sound Shades. That's probably what I'm going to do. So I played a little bit of that, and I played a little uh, Run Jungle Run, the Rayman uh, Jungle Run game for iOS. That? God, yeah. that, that, game, that game is so good. And I wanted to ask you, between that and Joe Danger, what's better? Joe Danger. Why? They're the I same think, game. No, it's a little more varied. I think that there's a little more. If the Rayman mechanics, had a motorbike, it'd be the same damn no, the thing. Mecha- I just think there's a, there's the mechanics are just a t- a, just a hair more varied, a curly hair more varied than uh, the mechanics are in, in Rayman. They're just a little overly simplistic sometimes. I guess so. You're you're ducking because you can you can only in Rayman you're only like you can either do the helicopter hover thing. Yeah. We're grown men talking about this. Or this you, is our job. This is what or, we do. Yeah. Both amazing though. Both right? great. Yeah, it's yeah. Some of the best iOS games I've ever played, and I I mean I guess I'm still shocked whenever I come across an iOS game that holds my attention for longer than five minutes. Yeah. And both of those games did that. Both of those games have the chops to. Uh, uh, really, just just pull you in, and and you know, you, all of a sudden, the world around you starts starts. To be careful what you're doing when you're playing either one of these games. Yeah, they are both terrific. They're a little expensive. I don't. Rayman's ninety nine cents. I think so. I think it was three bucks when it first came out. Right now, Joe Danger Touch is still two ninety nine. So it might be a little. They're so steep, worth it. I can't. But so I, worth it. I, you know, I mean, that's this brings us right back to the business talk portion of the oh, program again. But I, I can't believe the world that we're in right now with the, the game prices. You know, I just can't believe the quality of fun that you get for such a low cost. It just must just infuriate Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft and all the publishers out there that aren't prepared for it, you know? I mean, these are incredibly challenging times for this business. It's It really is like the MP3 transition. Somebody should make an iOS game called THQ Fire Sale. Uh, and then all too soon. everybody, <laughs> come on. Too soon. There's no such thing as too soon anymore. So like everything is everything, literally on yeah, fire like and a, they're trying to sell stuff off no, as like quickly a, as possible? Like, a, like, like all the pieces get eaten up by Pac-Man. Oh, like the world is falling out from and underneath then, their feet like that. And Vigil's just left. Reverse. And no one wants the, Vigil. Oh man, that is the saddest thing. But I'm telling you, we got to we got to get a topless car wash going. We got to pool our money. I don't know how much money you have. Yeah. Probably billions. I'm not going topless. Billions you probably have. Yeah, yeah. And we'll pool it and we'll buy Vigil. And we'll put them. We'll make Darksiders three and four. Uh, okay, just the same way they did Back to the Future two and three. But, but like Darksiders one and two didn't sell. We'll go broke. Yeah, but we'll tell everyone about them every day on the show. Oh, we did that already too, <laughs> and that didn't make a fucking difference. <laughs> True. Oh man. What do you guys think? What's going to happen to this business? Is AAA going to be here forever? I want to hear what people have to say. And you know what? We have yeah. to start asking developers well, when we when we have. Well, we asked Harvey last week. Also, just give us fifty cents, and we can say your name on the show, and we'll answer one of your and, questions. And a portion of those proceeds you, will be given to Chris Taylor. You don't have to give us fifty cents. No. We'll still say your name. Yes, and uh, we'll answer your questions on we'll the show. Be, or your, if you have any insight, like I'd I'd like a, to hear some of, some of the outside voices on this. Yeah, I, totally. The people. Yeah. The masses. I mean, do are all we gonna? Are, is 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 it just gonna be? Sequels that we're going to get stuck with in video games and sure bets and yeah. sports games and five minute I, iPhone and is iPad that it? Games. Yep. I Maybe. mean, I, like, I mean, The Last of Us. I don't is, want to live in that world. Is a new IP. It's a new, you know, risky undertaking. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. I mean, it's it's one of the safest bets I think you're going to make from a proven developer like this. 
and Sony seems to be doing everything smartly. You're so it, pensive today. What, <laughs> Jesus, I, I what's mean, wrong with you? Because THQ has gone under, man. These guys were like one of the biggest publishers in, know, in the business. They've been and, treading like, water for, for my whole career. They've been there. And for now as long as I done. can remember, they've been treading water. Like well, part of me is just like, I'm, I'm glad because I was getting really tired of worrying about them treading water. Well, now it's, it's just done. Now there's it's resolution. It's compounded. It's that. It's, it's the vigil. It's the gas powered. It's, it's hearing that Atari has gone out of business for the sixth I didn't or even know time. they were back in business. <laughs> 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 oh man, this really was the business portion of uh, Vic's basement. Yeah. Let's go back to the basement next week. Okay. The regular well, we're basement. We're going to go back uh, tomorrow. No, the day after tomorrow. We're yes, not going to we be are. here for too long. You know what? They got a pool in this place. Let's go there. Let's go hit the pool. All right. You know? Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Stitcher. We definitely want to hear your thoughts on uh, how you're feeling about THQ and Vigil and what's going some on with our business. Swim trunks I can borrow. Uh, no, you're not. Do you, do you yeah, I don't mind swim trunks. It's, I have a policy against what that. What do you mean? I have a policy. This was the swim trunk section of the Roof Podcast. <laughs> Horseshit. <laughs> we'll see you next no, time. Thanks for listening to Vic's Basement. It's me making it weird at the end. You that's always make... Oh, that's, yeah. that's right. That was the end of the... It's a tradition. Podcast, the weird part. So long, everybody. See you back in the basement next week. <laughs>